0: Welcome to Tips from the Server Room. This podcast is designed for all you systems admins, network specialists, or the guys and gals out there in the office who handles it all. Sit back, relax, grab a beverage, and enjoy Tips from the Server Room. Hey, yes, welcome back once again to Tips from the Server Room. This is episode number 117 for January the 13th, 2018. I'm your host, Jack, and I'm going to be guiding you into, through, and back out of the world of systems administration, network administration, and all fields of IT. This show can also be found on iTunes. If you check out iTunes, you can find Tips from the Server Room where you can subscribe and download all of these episodes. Learn how to be a server administrator? It's not hard. And you can use one of my online courses. You can learn Windows Server 2008 R2, Windows Server 2012 R2. Just go to itproedu.com. That's it com, and get ready to start your future today. Please check out my website and the website is obviously tips from the where you can comment on these shows. if you have any questions or ideas for future shows, please email me at Jacks Tech corner at gmail.com and you can also follow me on Twitter and as at Technoman. Let's go ahead and get started with today's episode. And today's episode, I thought I would talk to you a little bit about, let me just minimize or move my Evernote here over a little bit. Today we're going to be talking about the Windows Insider Program. Now, I don't know if you're a member of the Windows Insider Program or not, but I would highly suggest that you do this. Uh, If you're, you know, working in any type of environment from, uh, you know, offices, uh, working for doctor's offices, working for a business of any kind. Or if you do like we do and work in education, it's a great, great resource to see what's coming up. And I think that's really important these days is to know what's coming up and what's going to be um, out there for you, you know, and what's coming. And the reason I really like the Windows Insider program is it gives you a preview of the earliest build releases. And when you sign up for Windows Insider, you can set your computer, and we're going to talk about that in just a minute, You'll enroll your computer, and then when the updates come in, it will know that you're a Windows Insider, and it will give you some insight and uh, allow you to download those latest builds. I think this is a great uh, solution. Microsoft, as far as I know, and as far as I can see, they are now, you know, incorporating the community around what's good and what's not, and I think this is very important for all of us. And the reason is. Because you can try it out and, you know, use the latest preview builds before they get released to the general public. This way you're going to know a little bit more about it. You're going to understand it and know if it's going to work with your software that you're running within your company. Now, there is a word of wisdom with this. And the word of wisdom always is very simply put, do not put this on production machines. Uh, We did that at work. Well, I didn't. My, my partner did that at work. Uh, she wanted to get the earliest release build and the latest and greatest. So she loaded, and I actually believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was the Fall Creators Update, which we figured was was very you know stable at the time. But apparently when she installed this on her computer, she started to get a lot of UAC errors. And I know Mike Smith talked about this on his show a few weeks ago. I was listening to it. And I told her about that, that, you know, many people have received this error. Basically, if you want to launch any application or install applications, the UAC would not allow you to do anything. It wouldn't allow you to install or do anything at all. Now, she claims what happened there was on her personal, on her work PC was, very simply, she claimed that um, when she did the Fall Creators update, she said it deleted the administrative account. So she didn't have a local administrative account um, on the computer itself. But that doesn't make sense to me because if it's on a domain and you have domain privileges, then you very much should have you know a local domain privileges on that machine very you know easily. And we understand that where she would be able to log into that machine and still have domain rights even though she don't have a local account. So I don't really know. We didn't really sit down and talk about it a whole lot. But that is one of the problems about loading an early uh, pre-release version on, you know, your productive machines. Um, I keep a laptop here in the studio, uh, in the podcast studio with me. When I'm sitting down and when I'm playing with these releases, I have an older laptop. I mean, not old, old to me, but, you know, a couple years old. And I'll go ahead and load these pre-releases on there and see what happens. That way, if it messes it up, it's not going to hurt anybody at all. So there's something to think about, something to look at is, you know, when you're doing these, these installs, don't do this on, some, uh, on one of your customers' machines. Don't walk in and think, hey, this is great and everything. We're going to come in and we're going to load the latest and greatest preview build on your workstations. And, you know, you're going to look like a hero, right, because they got the newest stuff before everybody else. That is not what the Windows Insider program is for. The Windows Insider program is to give you some little inside information into the current builds coming out in Windows. Uh, It talks on their website about Office. Uh, It talks a little bit about the Surface, Xbox. Uh, They have deals on here and support. I like it for the articles. I also like it for the the blog. And there's a site on here for developers. Uh, And there's also a nice uh, community site. And I enjoy those because you can get in there and see what what's happening in the community of Windows, you know, because we all, most part, and if you're listening to this show, obviously you're using Windows and Windows servers in your network. And most of us know that we have to be able to uh, support this stuff. So the best way to support it is know what's coming up. How many times do you get one of those phone calls? And, and we occasionally get them in a school district, uh, not as much probably as you do in business. Uh, I know when I was doing consulting work uh, some years ago, people would tend to do things with their computers that we didn't know what they were doing, right? Because you're not there every day. Uh, in a school-type setting, we're, you know we're on the campus every day. Uh, we're seeing our users pretty much uh, at least you know twice or three times a week. We uh, make a round, and we uh, talk with each of our individual users. We kind of know what they're doing. That's very important. I can scan the network at any time, and I can find out what versions of Windows everyone is running on their computer. So I know if somebody did an update on their computer system, and it doesn't happen very much in schools. Being they know they have on-premise tech support and we're there every day, you know, five days a week with them. They know if the computer needs updated, then we will do the update. And we're going to talk a little bit about updates towards the uh, ending of this show and what we are doing now. And it uh, seems to be working pretty well for us. Uh, but we'll talk about that there in a little bit. So, but you with a client, if you have a client, and when I used to do, like I said, consulting work, I wasn't on-premise with those folks every single day. I ended up, you know, being around these people maybe, you know, two or three times a month if they had an issue. A lot of times the issue was concerned or wrapped around them doing an update on their computer and the software wasn't tested, whatever software they may use. And that started to give us a few errors and a few bugs. So that's something that you have to be, you know, knowledgeable about. If you use remote software, a lot of times we would use remote software in our consulting business and remote in. You can check on those, you know, but if you have a lot of customers, it's hard to do that even once a week. Uh, you know, we usually are more when you're in consulting business, a lot of times, and don't get mad at me for saying this, but a lot of times we're reactive instead of proactive. We, as, as a technologist, try to be proactive as much as possible, and I know you do. Don't get me wrong. But it tends to be the customer does not call us until something's wrong. That is when we go into that reactive mode, when we have to go out there and repair it and fix it and find out what did they do. And what do you always get from your client? Okay, what was the last thing you did to the system? Well, I didn't do anything at all. I I didn't touch anything. I I, I didn't click on anything. I don't know. It just started getting all these pop-ups or these – started slowing down or whatever. So you get the general idea. But – Getting back to the Windows Insider program, the Windows Insider program is very easy to set up. All you got to do is you go in, you create yourself an account. Um, I don't even think it asked you if you are a professional or not. I don't know if it did. Um, We were able to easily create an account because of uh, being in a school district. And we have a, a campus-based uh, type of a yearly license with Microsoft. So we can use um, pretty much, you know, we're, we're pretty much unlimited in our licenses because we buy this this bulk campus license, and that's how we do our Windows server and everything. But it's nice if, you know, if you're not that way, if you're not licensed with them all the time, I think you can still sign up for the Windows Insider program. Because Microsoft, as I said, wants to get as much feedback as humanly possible so that they can actually be able to um, you know get the data they need to fix their issues so here's some of the prerequisites if you haven't already registered as a microsoft insider update your pc to windows 10 and check the windows 10 insider preview support to support your local language whatever language and they support a lot of languages I'm mainly concerned, obviously, with English because that's what we do here in the States. But to check it to make sure your language is uh, definitely supported. Now, you're doing this. You're going to enroll a Windows 10 PC. Again, do not enroll your production PC. Enroll a PC, you know, like a laptop or maybe a spare desktop you have uh, in, at home as a workstation, something you're going to deal with, you know, to see if things work or not. What you do, first of all, is open your PC settings. You go to Start, Settings, Update and Security, and then look for Windows Insider Program. To see the settings, you need to have administrative rights to your PC. This might have been where she got her little glitch uh, about, you know, being on a, on a domain versus a, a local PC. Maybe that's where the glitch was. I'm not sure. Next thing you'll do is click on your Get Started and you'll link your Microsoft or your organization account that you use to register for the Windows Insider program. Register with your organizational account to confirm that your organization account is on an Azure Active Directory. You can open Start, Settings, Account, and access my work or school account. If your organization has been set up, um, has been set up your account in. Azure Active Directory and is connected to your PC, you will see a note above the account that says connected to Azure AD. If that's the case, if you're using Azure, if not, you're still okay. It's not a big deal. To link your organizational account, the accounts need to be on, not saying it needs to be on Azure Active Directory, and your PC needs to be running Windows 10 version 17.03 or later. We were able to successfully do this. Uh, at the school, I'm telling you, without being on Azure. Um, now, we do have AD Connector, Azure Sync running uh, because we do have Office 365 programs running for the school district. And it allows our on-premise Active Directory to send out, if we make a change in AD, it changes it on our Azure uh, Sync, which then changes it on our Office 365 uh, accounts so maybe that is the difference now it says to confirm that your pc has windows 10 version 1703 installed go to systems or settings system about if you do not have version 1703 go to settings update and security windows update and click on check for updates choose the branch you want content from the Windows 10 Creators Update is recommended and confirm. If you're running an earlier version of Windows, this step is not included. Review the privacy statement of the program terms and click Next. Next, you'll click on Restart or Restart Later and then select when you want to begin the Insider Program installation. After you restart the PC, go back to Windows Insider Program in Settings and select the Insider level. Now, these levels are highly, highly important. And I, I just told my partner the other day, we were talking at work, and I said, look, I said, you know, I'm on the basic um, – what was I – what did I tell I was on? I think it was the slow track, uh, or maybe it was the release preview. I think it was release preview is what I took. That is the safest track you can take on the Windows Insider program. And there's three different tracks. The first is fast. Fast is the coders are working at Microsoft and they program a new notepad. And they push out the update. Well, boom, you get the new notepad. They push out something today, you pretty much get it today. That is the fast track. These are untested. These are uh, like almost like an alpha release. Not even a beta. I would say more of an alpha release. The next is the slow track. The slow track is more of a beta release, right? It's been tested a little bit. uh, It's more stable. They know it's going to run on your PC okay. Uh, Now, you may find glitches, and that's the part of the insider program. If you find glitches with software, they do ask that being a part of this, that you do report that back to them to let them know that, hey, this didn't work with QuickBooks or this really didn't work with uh, Evernote, whatever you're using. The last one that I'm uh, signed up for is kind of the um, the scaredy cat one, right, to say the least. But it is it is the release preview. Release preview is, you know, it's out of alpha testing. It's kind of out of beta testing. And now you want to see it before it's actually released to the public. Uh, it's more stable, and it's, it, it, it's working pretty well. So the Insiders uh, is the fast ring you will get earlier. Uh, more frequent updates with new features may be experienced with more bugs okay so that is the stuff you have to worry about the next just says wait for your machine to update to the latest insider preview build once you have selected the desired ring either fast slow or release preview the process known as compatibility check will need to run in the background there is no manual way to force this process which allows for discovery of your operating system to find out if it's either 32-bit or 64-bit, and the build edition, either it's home, pro, or enterprise, what country and language settings are there, and other required information. Once the process is complete, your PC will be auto-targeted for the next available flight for your selected rings. For the first build on any given PC, this may take up to 24 hours. So again, if you're using a laptop, make sure you know the lid's open. Make sure it's powered on. Make sure it's plugged in. Because you don't know when this update's going to come. It's just going to happen. Um, and you're going have to have that latest build. Now, it does say down here, uh, let us know what you think. The feedback you provide the Insider Program build gives directly to our engineers to help develop Windows. To provide feedback, simply visit the Feedback Hub app in your start menu. That's something that will be added once you're in the preview, um, once you're into this uh, Windows Insider. And the feedback hub also connects you to insider news, quests, communities, and other resources. The next thing here is switching between rings. Uh, Changing rings is a simple process. Launch settings, updates and security, Windows Insider program, and choose your level select between the following rings we talked about either fast slow or release preview Uh, for more information about your PC uh, see below is some uh, command line levels and you can see all this and I found all this actually it is in the um, insider website once you uh, sign up for the insider website and I believe it was under how to and then PC. And this will give you all of this information that I just have given you. Uh, So you'll be able to work. It even talks about recovering a PC if you have to go back and roll it back. You know, this is all stuff that you need to know. But again, is it a a very valuable place to start? Absolutely. I mean, this is great. Um, You know, if you get time, and I know most of you like us, we are extremely busy at work right now because we are doing updates and let me find this next segment here uh, let's see if I can find it yeah I got it here so we are very very busy right now and getting all of our laptops uh, in the organization and all the d- desktops updated and you know up to the latest security patches and all of this stuff and it's been an uphill battle trying to get this done. We've also been working a lot at updating our Google Drive because if if you know, maybe you don't know, Google Drive is going away, we believe it's in March. I think March 30th is when Google Drive, as we know it today, will quit working. And what they came out with was something amazingly better called Google File Stream. Now with Google File Stream, instead of having all of your files... Syncing back to your computer, which are it's been killing our laptops. They actually <clears throat> stay in the cloud. So all of your app, all of your uh, you know your not your applications, all of your files that you're working on and everything that your folks are working on stay in the cloud. They work on them off the cloud. They're in the cloud. You can set them up for offline mode, but that's an extra step that most people don't even need. Right? You don't need those copied to your computer. And we looked at this long and hard, and said, "Look, is it better? It, it is a lot better." Um, we had a lab. I'm getting a little bit off topic here, but we had a lab last year that the teacher was having every single student log into Google Drive instead of using the website for Google Drive and, and uploading their files there and working on them on Google Docs. And what happened was by the first, by the end of the first semester the hard drives were full obviously because every kid had under their username their whole google drive well today it doesn't work that way today the way it works it loads up and there's actually a g drive on the computer and you can't change it as far as i know you can't change it if you if you can please email me let me know at jackstechcorner at gmail.com or comment on this uh, this podcast but as far as i know you cannot um, change that drive letter because they used to, in the organization before I started, they used to use what was called the H drive. And then I moved everybody over to Google Drive. And everybody knew there was a folder on their computer called Google Drive, and they did their work. Now we have to retrain them again and say, no, now it's the G drive. Uh, so, Or it's called My Files is the folder name, the main folder name, which is fine. Everybody's catching on, and it's working out really, really well for us. But it is time-consuming. What else has been time-consuming is... The um, process of updating the computers. Now, we do have SCCM running on uh, on the district servers, and we can push these out. But the problem with pushing them out that we found is people's lack of knowledge of updates, right? So the updates are going to come out. Maybe they take their laptops home every night, which is a big thing with us. They do that a lot, which is fine. We do uh, recommend they take them home to work on them in the evenings. But they're not really accessible to us uh, because during the day they use them. So, what we did was we decided to do it another way. We decided to pull their laptops in. um, And I think my partner, I have a laptop technician at work uh, or a desktop technician. She kind of does both. What she's been doing is pulling them in three or four at a time and setting them up on a big table. And we are using WSUS offline updater this little program is amazing and I shouldn't say little program because it's rather large in size because it has all those updates in there but once she gets the computer updated to the fall creators update so she does that first gets the fall creator update on there then what she does is she plugs a thumb drive in with the WSUS offline updater this way we're not getting that bang right we're not getting that network traffic and what she does is has four, three or four thumb drive. I guess four thumb drives for four machines, and she updates these machines. It's been working incredibly well, doing a very good job getting them done. Then she cleans the computer up, and the other day she gave a computer back, a laptop back to one of our teachers, and he asked her, he said, is this a new computer? This looks like I just got it out of the box. She said no. She actually took the time to um, clean it you know, by by." What I mean by cleaning is, obviously, is screen wipes, and after the screen wipes, she's using um, alcohol. She has spray alcohol. She sprays on the keyboard and the covers and wipes it all down with the rag, and it it really shines it up, and it looks new. So, um, you know, we're taking that extra effort at school to do this extra work um, to keep our staff, uh, you know, on top of everything, but we're also understanding that we have the latest, greatest security updates And that is a big, big part of it. So that is how we are updating right now. And that is the big thing that we are pushing right now is getting these updates done. And as I said, getting the Google file stream loaded. So let's talk the last here. I want to talk to you a little bit about, let me see if I got enough here. I don't have enough on this website to tell you about this. But anyway, my question to you uh, out there listening to this podcast, I know there's a lot of listeners out there is this. Is Windows Defender enough of an antivirus, an uh, anti-spyware, and anti-malicious software? Uh, It says it identifies and removes viruses, spyware, and malicious software. We do not run, and I know a lot of you are going to be screaming at me, but we do not run a corporate type of antivirus anymore. Years ago, I used to run... um, Norton, you know, corporate edition. Then, you know, we ran um, AVG corporate edition. Uh, Then we ran something called K7 for quite a while. And, you know, that was before Microsoft really got behind this Windows Defender. That was years ago. And now with Windows 10 and Windows Defender, we just don't see those problems like we used to see. Is there some issues with it? You know, one issue I found with Windows Defender is there's really no, as far as I know right now, and I'm going to do more digging here, but there's really no um, way that it notifies you, right? The corporate editions, like we, when we were running, I told you, I think it was called K7. I don't know what they renamed herself to now. But it had a really nice web interface, and we can go in that web interface at any time and look, and it will say Infected Machines, it will say this machine has this rootkit on it, whatever, and we were able to clean that machine remotely. Windows Defender is more of that front gate, I think. It's more of that wall, right? It builds that wall around the computer and doesn't allow anything to come into it in the first place. But it doesn't tell you if the computer was attacked. Worse yet, it doesn't really report and tell me, uh, you know, the the technology director, it doesn't tell me what computer has has anything on it or if it possibly could have anything on it. So those are the questions I have for you today is, will, you know, is there a way to set up Windows Defender so it notifies the system director uh, and not just the local user? Because, you know, most local users – they basically are just going to click okay and it's just going to close the box they don't really they're not really digging into it that deeply there so we're going to blow us up a little bit here anyway this is basically and it comes with Windows 10 it's built in so we know when we image a computer we know it's on there Windows Defender is a mill as a malware protection that is included with the build into Windows 8 so it started Windows 8 8.1 the software helps to identify and remove viruses spyware and malicious software Windows Defender runs in the background and notifies you, the user, when you need to take specific action. However, you can use it anytime to scan for malware in your computer if it isn't working properly, or if you clicked a suspicious link online or in an email message. Let's see here. In Windows 8, Windows Defender actually replaced what was called Microsoft Security Essentials. You can't use Microsoft Security Essentials with Windows 8 or Windows RT, but you don't need to. If you install two different kinds of antivirus software, they may conflict. This is what was getting me and making me think that Windows Defender is fine on its own. If you want to use an antivirus software from another provider, uninstall Windows Defender first so they're telling you to remove it if in fact you are going to be using uh, something like McGaffey or something like Norton uh, or some of these other companies. Uh, What is Windows Defender offline? Some suspicious software will not allow you to access Windows Defender or other antivirus software. To help detect and remove the malware you can start the computer by using the Windows Defender offline CD, DVD, or USB flash drive. That is something that I really got to dig into that we have not used up to this point. Uh so as you can learn more here, I'm gonna click on that just to see what it is. And basically it's you know it's an anti malware that runs off um, of a USB kit. Windows Defender detects root kits and other highly persistent malware on your PC and alerts you, the user when Windows Defender is offline. You might see a message saying that the malware was found on your device, or a message in Windows Defender that looks like this, which is showing a big exclamation point. You suspect that your PC has malware that might be hiding on your PC, but your security software doesn't detect anything. In this case, you can start Windows Defender offline scan by using Windows Defender Settings. Go to Settings, Update and Security, Windows Defender, select Scan Offline. Now, why would we want to scan any computer offline? You know, and a lot of you are answering this right now. I can hear you uh, through the podcast saying, oh, this is why. this." And it's very uh, easy. A lot of times when you work on a computer and, uh, you know, every time you try to do something, a window pops up, pop up, pop up, pop up. And this happens over and over and over and sometimes some of these, these bugs or these uh, viruses or these spywares, they want to mess havoc with your network connection. So if you can do it in an offline mode, and we do this a lot, what you want to do is restart the PC in safe mode. And I know Windows 10, we can have a long conversation about how to do that. And we're not going to do that. But get your computer into safe mode and boot the GUI without networking. Then you can run these scans with no network connection. If you have trouble doing that, another way we found that we do it at work is simply unplug the networking connection or disable the wireless connection. That way you know the computer's offline and you don't have to worry about it trying to call back home and get those instructions of what to do next. That is the big, big key here. That's the stuff that we have to really think about and um, because a lot of these programs do, right? They want to call back and... They want to basically um, talk back to their main host and say, hey, look, this is what's going down. And, you know, so we want to make sure that we can get rid of that stuff and be in offline mode. So we're going to wrap up this podcast. We're about uh, about 30 minutes. So that's pretty good for your commute time there. And uh, I really appreciate everybody listening out there. Uh, I enjoy being back behind the microphone. I'm going to try to make these more regular, and I said that before. And, you know, just uh, tendencies of life gets in the way, folks, with podcasting, and that just happens. But I truly enjoy talking about Windows servers and switches and networking gear, uh, Windows in general, um, you know, or any workstation. Uh, Pretty much anything we can wrap into the show that's going to help you be a better uh, tech person on your job I think that's a big big thing here because systems administration network administration and all fields of IT is what we want to cover and I hope that I can help you through these podcasts I do highly recommend and I do ask that you send me questions to uh, Jack's Tech Corner at gmail.com and let me know if you have a question or concern or comment and I will put those into future shows Folks, please remember once again to check out the website tipsfromtheserveroom.com and use my Amazon link for anything you buy on Amazon. Every little penny comes back and helps these shows. It helps to buy new equipment, recording gear, uh, you know, pay for my hosting fees, and everything else that, you know, that takes to be a podcaster. This does truly help. And once again, if you visit tipsfromtheserveroom.com, please make sure you deactivate your ad blocker because I know you use them. And you'll see the Amazon link on the right-hand side of the page. Take care, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to Tips from the Server Room. Once again, I'm your host, Jack. And I will talk to you next time. Take care. And I'll see you then. Bye for now. You just listened to Tips from the Server Room with your host, Jack. If you have any questions, please drop me a comment at tipsfromtheserverroom.com. Thanks again for tuning in and downloading the shows. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the remainder of the music. We'll see you next week on Tips from the Server Room. So long.